Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Sam Pets Radio. Australia's coolest podcast network. Hi everybody, welcome to yet another, that's right, five episodes of Serious Issues. Is it five? I think it's five. Whatever. This is the fifth episode yeah. of the relaunch of Serious Issues. My name is Andrew Levins and joining me on these episodes, because we're recording two, that's the little bit of, you're going to see how the, how the sausage is made, we record two at once. See chicken's cooked. <laughs> uh, we, got, uh, we got Jackson Bailey. Yeah, that's right. And we got Joel, <laughs> we got, we got Joel Dusha too. <laughs> yeah, you're goddamn right, I'm here too. Uh, you might be familiar with these guys from previous episodes of this podcast and their own podcast, Plumbing the Death Star, Baseless Speculation, and Thumb Cramps, um, and other other podcasts that they host on the yep. Sans Pants Radio Those Network. Those are the big three. Uh, I guess Those D&D are the important you, ones, That's, Jackson. But yeah, I'm not D&D in that, so who cares? That's the, yeah. ma- the, the, Marvel, the Marvel image, Dark Horse, and, uh, and DC yeah. of, uh, of Sans Pants Radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the big four. Yeah. The big um, speaking of baseless speculation, if you like comic books and want to hear um, three idiots talking about comic books and comic book <laughs> movies, you d- your latest episode of Baseless Speculation is all about the latest trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Um, so uh-huh. It's good. So go check that out. I'm it's sure st- it's got lots of... It's a stroppy app. Real, really, really, <laughs> really intelligent takes. Um, well... To be honest, this is one of the most comic book heavy ones we've done, uh, which we've resulted True. in uh, mixed feedback from the audience. Some saying that mm. we just latched onto the idea that we knew the title of a comic book and a one event that happened in it. Others saying, yeah, this is a trend that Marvel are doing. Well done, based <laughs> <Yeah>. on speculation. <laughs> so, divided. Yeah. Um, Everyone listening right now, go give a three-star review to Baseless Speculation on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. That's pr- probably what it deserves. No one ever, yeah. no one ever just hey, like. I mean, like a middling review is pretty good. Yeah, it's, I'd rather a middling review than a bad one. So if you're going to review us at all, you know, well, I mean, the, the, the like, only ones I read out are the bad ones. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think yeah, I would yeah, find yeah. a three-star review the funniest. Yeah, because like yeah. you've had a three-star time. Why waste your time reviewing it? Yeah, yeah, true, true. Three star reviews Go, only do something else. for all our podcasts, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is yeah. serious issues. We've got three comics to talk about today. Um, we're going to be discussing a new one from DC. Uh, I'll be reviewing Superman and the Authority by Grant Morrison and Michael Janin. Um, Dusha is taking on an old classic, Ex Machina, Volume One, um, which I think is currently being published by DC as well. So a double DC lineup, mm-hmm. and I mean. 
I don't know who's publishing this final one, but it's DC it as is well. DC. It's DC wow. as well, love. It's just a triple DC lineup. DC, oh three. my god, uh, we got we got a, a a comic book adaptation of the video game Borderlands. No, 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 it's not a no, no, no. You could not be more incorrect. It is a comic book <laughs> after adaptation of a 1909 novel by uh, William Hope Hodgson. Hodgson. House on the Borderlands. So. Oh, you just wrote... <laughs> when you said what you're going to be talking about, you said... I'm sure oh, I said House right. on the Borderlands. Okay, I, okay. That's Look, right. I, I do what I do. I, I'm going to blame you. That's entirely my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read the entire message. Oh, that's, that's going to be that's much fair. more interesting discussion then because I was going to have to be like, yeah. yeah, these games don't appeal to me at all. I wonder if the comic book will. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe some other comic the book The idea will of be Jackson... When- Actually, Jackson, can sure. you try and find a comic book adaptation of Tales of the Borderland and let us know if it's oh. good? Oh, no. Legitimately, Dude. I have reviewed an, uh, an issue because I used to review the, the, every single number one mm. issue of mm. comics that came out every week. And I'm certain oh, yeah. that one of them was a Borderlands comic. Yeah, sure. Jackson, like, give don't it a know read. why I read this. <laughs> I will. And I'm. it'll be like, surely, like, Borderlands is already bad, right? So mm. surely it could only be worse. If it was in comic book form, surely there's no way they could improve on. I mean, this. unless they put Deadpool in it. Well, yeah, well, d- dude, of course, and a chimichanga? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Is that the? I, I don't know if that's the 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 the, the, yeah. the one chimichanga. Like chimichangas isn't plural of chimichanga, is it? Isn't it? Give me them chimichanga. No, it'd be chimichangas. Yeah, surely. <laughs> yeah, give me them chimichangas is also I don't think quite like grammatically correct, but that's fine. We've hit the Deadpool quota for today's episode, so let's keep rolling before okay, I. Hey man, whose podcast is this? Uh, let's talk about <laughs> Superman and the Authority number one and two. Um, this is uh, recently published by uh, DC, and I think it ties into Infinite Frontier. Which is the no. name of their current low, uh, current like big event? Um, I looked it up, and yeah, it, it, apparently it's another relaunch of their entire line of ongoing monthly superhero comic book titles. Um, it's a follow up to the 2016 DC Rebirth relaunch. Now, yeah. uh, back then, that was in the heyday of serious issues where I was reading absolutely everything, and uh, yeah, I read every single first issue from that relaunch. Um, and it was a dark time for me. Uh, but... <laughs> I can imagine. That can't have been good. <laughs> so The last coherent DC event that I... Because there was a period of time where I was reading every Justice League, certainly, comic that came out. And they often were centered around like those events. The last coherent event I read, right? And I read all of the like DC Year of the Villain shit that came out. <laughs> Brutal. And none of it made any sense. It was awful. But the arc before that was... Four evil trees from the beginning of time grow across space, and each the Justice League separates into four teams. This is the, this is the name Team- of the event, is it? <laughs> Who knows what it was called? Infinite but it was trees. Like- <laughs> they needed to solve each tree was a puzzle, and they needed to solve one tree with wonder. And so it was Wonder Woman and a bunch of people. One tree with justice. One tree with Batman. Right. And one tree with Hawkman. It was so like sounds like Skyrim. Bottom of the, it was it was insane. It was an, and it was coherent before any of the other shit that came after it. At least that one, it was stupid, but it made sense. And then. <laughs> All of a sudden, Lex Luthor's got a magic doorknob and <laughs> has figured out that chaos controls the universe or some 
Oh my! And that was the one that ended with the worst thing I've ever read in comics, or <laughs> top five, where the bad guy who is Eternia, I think, who is like, who's I don't know. They don't even really. She's just some powerful lady, right? Yep. Cosmically, she's whatever. purple, right? And she, yeah, and she's fighting someone else. Who cares? <laughs> but they lose, right? Like the Justice League lose. The world's ending, and it's just some fella. I don't know. And he's there to some immortal guy. And he's there to watch the end of the world. And it's and it's like, it's over. Like, the DC Universe is dead. But then this random weirdo alien turns up. And he's like, ah, oh, my job is, I'm basically the Watcher. But let's not call me the Watcher. But I basically do the same <laughs> thing. And I'm here to watch everything. And I've just got to write down that the world's ending. And the immortal character's like, but, do, but can't you do anything? Aren't you all powerful? And he's like, yeah, I am. But I'm just here to watch the end of the world. And then he's like, but look how good comic books are basically and he's like he he teaches this cosmic being how good superheroes are he's like look at the highs and lows the their powers their stories aren't they great and then the cosmic character's like well gee whiz and he saves the day it was like way to suck yourself off DC <laughs> comics I hope this is someone's introduction to comic books. Like, oh, check out this episode of uh, all new, all different, serious issues. Uh, See if comics are for me. And then 10 minutes in, they've got that. They're like, nope. No, they're not. not. That sounds bad. They're not. They never have been. They never will be. Next. Anyway, thank you for for allowing me that. It's it's fun to revisit events. I I do have some fondness for a a few DC events. I loved Final Crisis, which was written by Grant Morrison, who also wrote this uh, Mm -hmm. this book that I'm about to talk about in a moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I even like Infinite Crisis, which is the Jeff Johns event where Superman Prime punches reality. Yeah. (laughs) It always pleases me that how many crises. Well, uh, to be honest, I can only think of two. Crises. But are like crises, thank you. Like kick off because a superhero does their power so much. Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, Flash, Flash goes well. so quick. He's so quick. Superman's so strong. It's such a punch that the world ends. Oh, it's great. Uh so one yeah. The I mean like, I guess like when they did New Fifty Two, which I think is twelve years ago at this point, maybe a ten. Yeah. Jesus. Um 2011, I think it was. I could, I could have that wrong, so don't, don't, uh, don't give me a two star review over this. All right, three only. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, when they did, when they did that, they kind of took away the fact that there was like an omniverse or a multiverse. There's just the one mm. DC, and then they were like, oh, actually, then, then there's Earth two, I guess. And then with yeah. Rebirth, it was like, oh, maybe there's more. And now, they're, now that this this current thing, this seems to be, yeah, the DC multiverse has expanded into a larger omniverse where everything is canon, and it will still deal with with the repercussions of DC Rebirth. Um, there was so much of you. If, I don't know if you guys read read that DC Rebirth issue, but that was the one where basically it was like the Watchmen characters are part of yeah. DC now. Um, oh, yeah. Imagine all the insane shenanigans that are going to happen now. And then Jeff Johns took like four years to to write these comic books. That was like I think that was that you got, you got three Jokers suggested in that. That, oh, that was yeah. like the first mention of that in that in DC Rebirth the first, and then also the um, the Watchmen stuff. Button. The yep. but- oh yeah, the button. Of course, the button. No- what was the payoff for either of those? I don't even. Oh, uh, so I, did payoff- you read Three Jokers? No. <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> Are there um, still three? Right. You don't need to. No, they're ba- uh, so uh, there's three Jokers, um, and yeah, they're like uh, Goofy Joker, uh, Crime Joker, and Psychopath Joker, and fuck Mary Kill. I think. Go. 
Yeah, uh, fuck psychopath Joker because yep. I like to live dangerously. Marry Goofy. You like, to, you like to get a cut mouth during sex. <laughs> yeah. Marry Goofy Joker because then I can live my dream of marrying Goofy the dog uh, or something close to it. And I guess kill crime Joker so that I can become the new crime yeah. clown prince of Gotham. Perfect. Yeah. The correct um, answer. But no. It's it's yeah it's uh it's it's real bad it's a real bad comic. And then also isn't the reveal that maybe there's only one Joker in the end? There yeah there is only one Joker. The other two Jokers were made by this Joker. Yeah, as a goof. And Red Hood kills one of them, and Batman has a cry about it. It sucks. Yeah, he's Red. So Red Hood is leading the Suicide Squad now. I think in in the comics. Cool. Cool. Um, And one uh, of the other payoff, the Watchmen stuff, was uh, like. Um, the button comes up in Flash and a Batman, Batman. crossover where yeah. Reverse Flash beats the shit out of Batman, and I think that issue is really good, but mm. it's not really a payoff. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that also leads into Doomsday Clock, which doesn't really tie in. Yeah, well, that was like a, that was like an alternate timeline, right? Like, uh, so yeah. it's a sequel to Watchmen, but it takes place in a different universe, but. <laughs> uh, Superman and Dr. Manhattan have caused a crossover of the universes. I have it, but I'd never finished reading it because I was like, I want to read it all when it all comes out. But unfortunately, issue 12 dropped at the same time that the Watchmen TV series ended, and it was way better. <laughs> yeah, I, I read the whole thing. I don't remember what happened. I know that Superman maybe has yeah. a kid? That's no, that's 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 normal. Because okay, let's get into. I mean, I, I can't imagine yeah. if you're an actual DC fan right now who's just like who just accepts all of this as like, yeah, obviously yeah. you must be just like fucking shut up. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Let's move on. Go back to talking. I can't believe I'd ever say this, but go back to talking about horror manga. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so in as part of this new status quo, so, so Jonathan Kent is is Clark Kent's son. Um, I don't want to get too into the convoluted story of how he exists, but ever since DC Rebirth, uh, Superman has had a son. He, be- he was yep. Superboy for a while, best friends of Damian Wayne. He is now Superman. and But there are oh. two Supermen in the current uh, state of this DC universe, and one of them is Hot Dad Superman, and he doesn't have an S <gasps> on his... On his uh, on on his chest anymore. It kind of looks like a like, like a squeeze of toothpaste, like just a line, <laughs> a curved, almost like a Nike swoosh um, on, his, yeah. on, on his chest now. Um, and so this uh, this book, um, Superman and the Authority, um, which itself. Uh, so do you, do you guys remember the Authority? No. Oh, co- ever so slightly. So there was a Superman book many years ago called Superman. What's so funny? About truth, justice, and the American way. Oh, that title sounds very familiar. Yeah, From 2001. Yeah. Um, it was written by Joe Kelly and uh, art by Doug Mankey and Lee Bermejo. Um, and in this one, which was almost like a um, a response to what was going on over at Wildstorm Comics at the time, where um, Warren Ellis and Mark Miller were doing the Authority. Yeah. Um, so basically, it was Superman. Having to fight a version of um, the 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 authority, yeah. Sorry, it was the authority, right? But it was called yeah. the elite. Oh my god, sorry, I, I've confused these two things. So the elite is DC's <laughs> reaction to this comic that Warren Ellis and Mark Miller wrote for Wildstorm called the Authority, and the Authority was a comic about superheroes taking political matters into their own hands um, and and doing things like, you know, that, that other superheroes weren't able to do so that they could um, 
you know, like sort of fix the world basically. And yeah, so, yeah. what's so funny about Truth Justice in the American Way was a one issue in in which Superman fights the elite, and the elite uh-huh. are a play on the authority. Um, and what would Superman do if he ever met a, a bunch of characters like this? And it was led by a guy called Manchester Black, this like British guy that's a little bit like John Constantine, Hellblazer. Yep. Um, anyway, they, they end up spinning a comic out of that called The Elite, and Manchester Black has become like a you know a thorn in Superman's side in in various uh, comics. Uh, even Rebirth recently, he kidnaps uh, yeah. John Kent for a while, and um, <laughs> like tries to and like like cuts off Lois Lane's leg or some shit. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, but. Many years ago, DC bought Wildstorm because Wildstorm Comics was the the imprint started by Jim Lee, who is now like one of the higher up, you know, CEOs of DC Comics. And yep. to get to that position, they bought Wildstorm, and that means that they bought many comics that were like that would only exist because they were like not quite making fun of DC, but they were doing things that DC were afraid to, basically. Yeah. And they own okay. all these these characters, the Authority. Um, I guess the most famous uh, members of the Authority are Midnighter and the Apollo, who are like the Batman oh, yeah. and Superman analogies. And they have lots of great um, runs uh, throughout history. Uh, Steve Orlando's Midnighter run, especially good. I highly recommend that, Jack. I reckon you'd love it. Um, mm. uh, so it's like gay Batman, gay Superman. Um, Hell yeah And uh, So anyway This Superman and the Authority Combines the Elite and the Authority Because Superman He's a dad now And he looks hot He's got a cute little dad beard He spends a lot of this uh, With his shirt off um, Hell yeah And he He gets Manchester Black And he's like Oi What what the fuck do you want Superman Um, (laughs) And essentially saves his life Basically at the start of this comic And he needs Manchester Black To fight on the the, the side of the angels Because he thinks only Manchester Black Has has what it takes to save Superman um, In this current situation that he's in But they need to form a new team A new authority And so uh, they recruit um, Steel um, Who is is a girl now um, so oh, it's like I okay. guess it's like the original Steel's daughter, um, and uh, in the second issue, um, every time we meet one of the new characters, we get like a bunch of um, stories with new art by different artists that kind of oh, show that's them. Sick. Oh, yeah, that's, so it's, that's and cool. they, and these are all all of these current DC I- I- um, comics are like prestige format, which means they're like extra long. They're, they're quite nicely bound uh, issues. Yeah. I, I, I recommend them if you if you if you can, can try and pick them up, you should. Um, so they recruit Steel, they recruit Midnighter and Apollo, and then the issue ends with them trying to recruit June Moon, aka Enchantress, who yep. are fans of Made Suicide famous. Squad, yep. the comic, not yeah, the movie. Yeah, where are from? Yeah, <laughs> um, okay, yeah. yeah so, 2016 and- Suicide Squad, uh, Clara, Cla- Cara. Cara Deva, I the wish model. I remembered her name. The model. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah she yeah, dances yeah. in yeah, it. It's yeah. cool. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to recruit her. They have to go down to hell to save her soul or something like that. And uh, yeah. uh, So, look, Grant Morrison is an absolute comic book legend, especially when it comes to DC. Um, I loved their X-Men run. But yep. so yeah. many of my favorite DC books are Grant Morrison helmed projects, uh, even you know stuff that they did for Vertigo, um, some of my you know favorite comics of all time, and like just seminal works really, like The Invisibles and um, the one about porn. <laughs> um, yeah, and, hell yeah! Have you guys read We Three? 
I have read yeah. that by oh, Frank yeah. Quietly. Love that one. One of my favorites. Yeah, uh, yeah. All Star Superman, obviously, is yep. a huge one. Uh, more recently, yes. Multiversity. Did you guys read that? Incredible. No, um, I didn't read no but I keep meaning to. That was like yeah. nine issues, and it was Grant Morrison writing each issue, and he even does a better, the only good like comic book revised take on The Watchmen. Is him doing? <laughs> oh wow! Sorry, is sorry, is, is Grant doing their take on um, uh, on the Watchmen universe, but using characters from whatever universe it was that Alan Moore wanted to base the Watchmen in to begin with. You know, he wanted to use oh, established cool. characters, but cool. wasn't allowed to, so yeah. he created the Watchmen yeah. characters instead. Grant Morrison does a, a multiversity issue, multiversity issue where they use the original. Um, like characters from the Charleston comics run or whatever. So they've got like the Atom. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, it's pretty cool. An amazing, like yeah, nine, nine, nine issue series. And Superman and the Authority totally has that same energy as Multiversity. It's like, I remember reading that being like, wow, this is like one of the only DC books bringing me joy at the moment. And if you are someone yeah. that has like a fondness for those characters and you have these like legendary runs and you're a fan of Grant Morrison, uh, could not recommend more. Um, Superman and the Authority. It's a three-issue limited series. It's been collected in trade later this year, I think in November. But um, you should be able to track down the uh, the first and second issue in comic books or uh, digitally. And I uh, absolutely recommend yeah. it. The Michael Janin, who uh, Dusha you would know for doing the art uh, for a lot of the Tom King Batman run. I think he did all the yep. art in Batman jokes, Check. the War of Jokes and Riddles or whatever. <clears throat> um, he's doing incredible work here. Yeah, and, this... Um, yeah, big time has my attention. Even just like the fact that they, when they recruit characters, like the different artists jumping. Yeah, in. That, that that's that alone. And is, Grant Morrison, like... like they've written heaps of comics that I yeah. love. Um, I remember sure. reading All Star Superman and being like, oh yeah, whatever. Like this will probably be fine. But getting like an issue in and being like, holy shit! No, this is this is very good. Yeah, no, Grant Morrison is maybe my favorite Superman writer. They just yeah. they they have so many incredible ideas for a character that so many writers say you know breaks the superhero genre because you know they're too powerful or whatever. Grant Morrison just loves the law of Superman and like the the nature mm. of him. Yeah, uh, this yeah. is a, this is a great read. It's actually it's four four issues um, with art mostly by doing the main art Michael Janin and the um, colors are by Jordi Belair. Do you guys want to know the the artists on the uh, the other ones? Shall I yes, look that yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. Let's get in I'd there. Let's, let's go to the, this, this little... Let's, get, let's dive deep. Opening it up, checking it out. Superman and the Authority, number two. Okay, so we have Evan Cagle, Fico mm-hmm. Osio, and Michael Janin. Oh, cool. Hell yeah. 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 Anyway, so the next issue is out next month, I guess. Um, I would I would recommend this. If you, if you have been scared of DC Comics for a while, fear not, friend. <laughs> The one thing you have to <laughs> accept, though, is that this version of Superman has has been Superman for a long time because the opening of uh, Superman and the Authority number one has him dealing with uh, John John F. Kennedy, <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and then right. we see JFK like getting shot and Superman being bummed about that, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> That's great. He would be upset by that. That yeah. would really upset Superman. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Deeply, yeah. deeply, deeply. You know, well, Superman probably Effective. could have done something about that. He's faster than a speeding yeah. bullet. I, I, There's I no love... more important speeding bullet than the one shot from the book deposit. <laughs> I absolutely like, love honest. when they um when they do. Yeah, this this character's been around for 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 real life events that you that you grew up with mm. too. And then you're like, well, why didn't they do anything to stop it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, I guess the... I honestly think the weirdest example of this in recent times, just before we move on to the comic I'm talking about, which also does exactly what you were just describing, but uh, oh, I think... The- Superman... Superman watches JFK die? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, as in comic books tied into real life events. Yep. Um, but I think the weirdest example recently has been the opening credits of the Black Widow film, where <sighs> it's just like real, real strange. Because they also feel like they're making big political statements at the same time. Yeah. Because they're putting like <laughs> Bill Clinton in a photo with. Yes. <laughs> like a, with uh, the person who uh, runs the Red Room. Who, uh, yeah. Yeah, Hectic. yeah, it's, it's, it is. <laughs> and then to get the movie that we get after that is yeah. kind of so funny. With yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I was funny watching the um <laughs> the Far From Home trailer. Is what it's called? No Way Home. No Way Home trailer. No Way Home. Uh, you have and the going same problem that Jackson does, which I mean, is that yeah, just call Marvel them should one, be- two, yeah. and three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, Marvel Christ. <laughs> um. But it was great watching that and being like, oh, yeah, I, I used to be really excited for these movies. This is great. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, the fact that that came out during the same, like, the same week as the Eternals tra- a trailer. Yeah. And I, 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 I couldn't tell you a single thing that happens in that trailer. Whereas oh, I can who, yeah. I can tell you all three minutes. In, after only watching it once, I can tell you everything that happens in the Spider-Man. It's <laughs> <laughs> huge. Well, speaking of comic books that uh, either tie into real-life events or potentially have a take on real-life events, I have been revisiting Ex Machina, which is a comic book written by Brian K. Vaughan. Uh, I've owned the entire series for quite a while. I started reading Why the Last Man, I reckon, close to 10 years ago and powered through it. Um barely stopped to do anything like i think i've read the entire run in like a week um and loved it so much so i immediately went out and bought uh ex machina um and also like brian k vaughan has also written other stuff that i like really really love and is critically acclaimed like i'm not the first person to come onto a comic book podcast and be like brian k vaughan great writer (laughs) yeah really like his stuff um so yeah, I love Saga as well. I haven't read much of Paper Girls, but what I've read, I really liked. Really fun. Uh, I highly recommend um, The Private Eye. Oh, yeah. The Private Eye, if you can track that trade down. Yeah. One, a very underrated um, comic from the last five, Pride even Baghdad, 10 years. Pride of Baghdad, it'll fuck Great. your life mm. up. Runaways. Runaways. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Brian K. Vaughan has done a lot of stuff. But for some reason, um, the first time I started reading Ex Machina, which again, would have been at least five years ago at this point, um, I read the first volume and... I don't know if I just wasn't vibing with it. I can't really remember what happened, but I just never finished reading the rest of the series. So with the release of the Why the Last Man series, like television series coming out soon, I was like, what better time to revisit Ex Machina? Just like, you know, read something that I haven't read uh, rather than rereading a series. And yeah, just get hyped. And Ex Machina is like a really dense and pretty like debasing read uh for anyone Mm. who isn't familiar with the plot uh it's about a guy called uh mitchell hundred yeah honestly thought i was gonna fuck up his name there but yes it is how could you fuck up a name like mitchell hundred yeah mitchell hundred well because we've been talking about watchmen briefly i almost said mitchell minute and i was like wait no uh yeah yeah, so mitchell hundred who is a civil engineer that in night in like i think 1999 uh is brought out to brooklyn bridge to investigate a mysterious structure that is kind of in the water turns out to be a bomb it explodes and he gains 
like it da- like it physically scars his face, but it also gives him the ability to uh, communicate with machines. Uh, so he can hold conversations with any any machine. Uh, so obviously the abilities to that can be like literally having conversations with machines versus like telling something to turn off or turn on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And the huge hook with this is that uh, when the comic starts, uh, he's running. Well, he's the mayor of New York. He's oh, retired yeah. from being the great machine. I He's forgot what happens at the beginning of this. Yeah. And uh, everyone kind of hates it. He's like loved and loathed. And the reason, which is revealed towards the end of the... I'm reading like the deluxe volume one. So it's like quite a thick read. Yeah. Um, but I think it would be roughly around the end of either the... Yeah, around the f- end of the first issue, you find out that the reason that uh, people are iffy on him is that in on september 11 2001 the great machine stopped one plane from hitting the second tower but was too slow uh to stop the first <laughs> wow plane. all um, right so it's set in a world where 9-11 happened but it uh the planes hit the pentagon and yeah uh just the first tower um mm. so that's already quite heavy but because he's yeah. a politician he's also a piece of shit so the story throws you in and it's like it's quite a dense comic in the sense of like there's a it's like quite dialogue heavy and there's a lot of again because it's like a political ish comic book it's very influenced by the west wing yeah Mm. like no no other comic i can think of yeah and because it's influenced by things like the west wing there's a lot of characters and a lot of staffers and a lot of different relationships so it definitely takes a bit to get into. And then on top of that, it jumps around dates quite a lot uh, because it is being like, okay, this happened into the like, year 2000 leading up to the big event. Um, and like, it also reveals his childhood, but then also reveals like why he's making certain decisions. And yeah, it's really, really good. And it's kind of falls into the same category as I guess things like, I mean, we've got it so much, but like, what if superheroes were real life? Oh, that actually yeah, be like yeah. morally grey. Yeah, yeah which... it probably wouldn't be super cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, no one's actually perfectly good, so yeah, it would be pretty yeah. fucked. I've actually thought You're about it, and yeah, up, that's actually, whoa, yeah. fuck. If Superman was real, he'd kill people. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, he'd go crazy, bro. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not like one thing I like about this and Levens. I know you're in the same. Uh, situation as me with this is like I cannot stand the boys shut up I've seen so many yeah. things where Superman is bad I got no time yeah. for it I'm not gonna watch the TV series apparently the TV the series is really good I didn't like the first episode yeah. but I I, I, I I hate Red back when I allowed myself to do such a thing <laughs> I hate Red um, all of the boys comic book by Garth Ennis I am a pretty like there's some Garth Ennis runs that I just saw my favourite things ever particularly his Hellblazer run I think is just mm. like one of my favorite things I've ever read. There's even like a spin-off yeah. of that, which is just set in Ireland where he's from that I love. But uh, yeah, the boys and a lot of his like kind of like edgy are like, Hey, superheroes are actually fucking dumb. Like yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just find so boring and yet I read yeah. all why of it. Can't, why can't people envision a good person? Why do people <laughs> think that's an impossible thing? Well, that's why, I mean, I like, I really need to read invincible. But the reason why I'm yeah. open to that is that, like, people in that are good people. It's just that one guy is a bad guy. Is he like, a bad yeah. guy for the entire series, though? Who could say? I've yeah, read it all. He uh... isn't, so you don't worry about it. <laughs> you'll, you'll forgive him. <laughs> um, yeah, but, the, like, Omni-Man in that 
for instance, like, the mystery is there. It's not just like, yeah, the superheroes that the world loves, oh, they're all cunts. Yeah. Like, yeah, it kind of, sure. I don't know, my brain puts that in the same category as Deadpool, and I don't know why, but... No, I get it. It's because it, it, like, it's like a not very clever statement wrapped up in, like, a hundred layers of, not even irony, like, I don't, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's masquerading as a clever well, I mean, or yeah. a new take. Grant Morrison, just sorry, uh, Garth Ennis did it first with Hitman, and that was in, like, the yeah. 90s, right? And, yeah. and but then he just kind of kept doing it with other other comics. Like, yeah, actually, superheroes are dumb and fucking shit us. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know we we already read you say that in a bunch of other comics. Why are you still doing yeah. this? And but, it's the same. Like, yeah. Watchmen was mid eighties and kind of do- like again, it does that as well. But, but at least, but, but then, like you know, he's been fucked over by most of the big companies, I'm sure, and had bad experiences with all of them. So yeah. it's not just him saying superheroes are dumb. It's him saying yeah. Marvel's yeah. dumb, DC's dumb. You know, yeah. So there, there's there's minutia that that I guess like there can be nuance to it as yeah. a take, which totally, is why yeah. but X Machina has oh, been quite a good back. read. Um, but yeah, it's actually like not taking more out of me than reading a comic because that feels like it's a negative thing. But I feel like it's far more involved than like a normal comic would be. Like for instance, Saga. There's a million characters, a million locations. It's like. It's one of those comics that's set in space where space actually feels big. Um, mm. But I could read, like, just breeze through those comics and, like, follow it fine. Where Ex Mac and I feel like I actually need to be, like, focused paying just on it. Yeah. Yeah. We're not paying attention. Obviously, I have to pay attention to read, but. But some you have to pay less of attention. Some comics yeah. you don't have to pay as much attention. I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, yeah. um, I remember like when Saga first started coming out, there were those great um, questionnaires that Brian K. Vaughan would do with with the readers um, yeah. at the end of each issue, every few issues. And the first one was like, what's something um, that's dated really badly? And a whole bunch of people wrote Ex Machina. <laughs> <laughs> but he published it too, and it was funny. But yeah, I mean, Ex Machina funny. came out in 2004. I think it, it, I think reading it now, knowing that, it's, it's, it's actually a way easier read than it would have been if you read it, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Or even like, you know, I think mm. towards the end of its published publication date, I think it does exist in that. You know, when you when you do do politically influenced stuff, it it can date itself negatively or positively, just depending on what the what the cultural climate is at yeah. the time. It's <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's almost going to probably fall into the same category as Hamilton, uh, <laughs> where Hamilton, when it's a celebration of America, when things are going well, good. But the moment that America's not going well, Hamilton looks tone deaf <laughs> and fucked. Yeah, and for look. Sure. My personal opinion is that Hamilton sucks, but that's not a comic book, so let's not talk about this. Um, I mean, surely yeah, it's, it's a comic book by now. Oh, surely there's a Hamilton comic book. There'll be a Hamilton web comic that I can guarantee. <laughs> Hamilton uh, hentai, about, please. Oh, uh, I was going to say, what about a Hamilton manga? Yeah. <laughs> sure, actually, that surely exists. We actually want to be worked on. Here's a uh, a cool sneak peek for one of uh, one of my other podcasts. Hey, fam, we've we've made a T-shirt. That says Neon Genesis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. And so it's that's, like the episode, oh, the episode font from Evangelion. Yeah. And then it says like episode amazing. one. I am not throwing away my shot. <laughs> <laughs> Just the worst <laughs> shit. Forty dollars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So X Machina. Going in to read it now, it does kind of come across like it's nowhere near as politically nuanced than something that would be about this written now would read. Just because like there's a lot of like 
all politicians are the same. Like, Democrats, conservatives, Uh, whatever. The world in 2004 was very different to the world today. Yeah. I think we had a, you know, within the last, like, five years, we've been like, oh, actually, maybe when South Park was, like, every uh, uh, election is between a turd sandwich and a giant douche, that was actually a really damaging mentality for the country. (laughs) And maybe they should never have said that. And maybe actually we can want a good politician and that's okay to... You know what I mean? I think that there's like that kind of like irony poisoned... Not even irony. I don't know. Like that kind of mid-2000s South Park mentality of like, oh, both sides are bad. Yeah. Uh, If only people stopped giving a shit, maybe the world would be better. But actually that's like like, a pretty fucked up opinion because like there are things that are objectively good for people. You know what I mean? And it floats around a lot. Like the 90s slacker movement kind of had that as well. Yeah. Which was like caring about anything sucks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Take it back. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, I, uh, sorry, I just like to retract oh. my statement. What I said actually rules, and that's how everyone should <laughs> yeah. You care about a thing, you fucking loser. That's you lame, suck dude. shit. Um, hey, uh, um, just can I interrupt this um, this review to tell you guys what the Hamilton porn parody is called? Yes, please. Hamilton? Ha- Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> it exists. <laughs> That's a that's clever. That's, that's clever. clever than you if honestly, if we weren't recording right now, I would watch at least a snippet of it just to let you know if yeah. uh, if it was a musical or not. <laughs> no. Well, I reckon in between, oh, we've already revealed that this is one of two episodes we're recording today. So maybe stick around for next week's episode where Levens will reveal if the Hamilton porn parody is a musical or not. Um, but back Fuck to X Machina, just real quick. Um, I really, really like it, but it is like <laughs> it has horrible negative vibes, and if you're not in like. And I could imagine this being a really rough read, depending on your current situation, because there's a lot of just, like, cynicism attached to literally everything. And I know that, like, in the current climate in the world, you don't... There's a lot of people out there that do not need that. Um, For sure. It's not, like, too edgy or anything like that. It's just, like... Yeah, like, some of the statements and stuff people in 2021 are not going to agree with and that's fine um it's it's, it's, it's like 50 like, percent superhero 50 percent political and so the political stuff yeah. can be very like like harsh he becomes yeah. a lot more morally likable from memory or i could be wrong if, if he does something disgusting soon please don't think that i agree well, with what he did <laughs> he um a lot of the stuff that he so he makes a very good point like he the series has established that he's running as an independent and like it's establishes pretty early on that he has some like uh like he leans more democrat in most areas but he does does have some conservative beliefs which also ties into some of the conflict the political conflicts he has which is like if you do this you're isolating this part of your audience and that's where like the cynicism kind of comes into it because there's like a gay marriage story that's right in the first series and like he is fine in it but all of the conversation around it in the book won't be a great read depending on your circumstances because yeah like he it's not like there's no reveal where he's like i'm just doing this for the votes um part of like pretty much just to tie it in uh he promised that he would do anything he could as a mayor of new york to help anyone that was a first responder in 9-11 and that means he often um is the celebrant of weddings and then there's a gay wedding and everyone's like don't do it he's like i'm gonna do it because like why wouldn't I? And but yeah, then there's yeah. like 
there's lots of side conversations about it in the series. Um, then, yeah, again, in 2004, would have been a lot easier to swallow than in 2021. And it's what happens like, when you read and, 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 and take in old shit. It's just part of it. It's part of the... Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And, like, I'm... For sure. Like, I am someone that goes back and watches old films and old... Like, it consumes older media all the time. And I know that you kind of... Things were fucked, and as time moves on, we're getting slightly less fucked, or at least it's an easier to understand why you wouldn't do something like that now. But yes, sometimes Mickey Mouse will come across a, a big patch of tar on the ground, and will cover his <laughs> yeah. whole body on it, and, and and that will get him into a different club that he wouldn't be able to with different colored skin. Yeah. And, you know, that's just that's just what people were like back then. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. That's what people had to do, yeah. That's, that's just how it was. Um. Yeah, like, I really, really strongly recommend it. But, yeah, it's nowhere near as easy to read as any of Brian K. Vaughan's other stuff. Like, even Why the... This came out after... Or started after Why the Last Man. But I think that if you go back and you read Why the Last Man, that would probably be much easier to swallow. Much more digestible, yeah, for sure. Although, yeah, there is... uh, That's a very, like, grippingly written um, uh, comic book with, like, you know... I mean, Saga is probably his best example of, like, you know, the final page being, like, a crazy cliffhanger... And Why yeah. the Last Man mm. absolutely has that too. I feel like Ex Machina doesn't as much. No, Ex Machina, like, I could not tell you. Because, yeah, like, the way that the... And to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how it's published currently because I've got a Vertigo imprint, which doesn't exist anymore. So if they mm. are publishing it again, it'll probably just be under DC, right? Yeah, they've, they have republished it so many so, times, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, where what I have doesn't have the start and end of issues. It just has them divided into arcs. But the arcs also aren't like, like I'm not an idiot. This is like uh, collects issue one to eleven, but it's not like one arc is three issues or whatever. It just seems to be some are like yeah. four, some are two. But yeah, like reading it, I could not tell you where an issue starts and an issue ends. Hmm. Which yeah, is yeah. you yeah, know, sure. it's weird. Like it's pretty strange to read a trade that uh, is structured like that. Usually, it's really obvious where a comic ends. Yeah, I have trades yeah, where sure. like it will end, and then you'll see the front cover for the next issue, and then you start the yeah. next issue. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, mm. yeah, it, me too. It makes me it too. easier to know when to take a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when to take a breather, for sure. Um, uh, well, yeah. Anyway, X Machina, good. Jackson, what have you been reading? Wait, before Something you do that, we didn't, uh, you didn't even say who the artist was of that terrible review. Oh, Tony shit. Harris, Th- three yeah, stars. I Tony Harris, <laughs> and uh, uh, so book- do it. Book one is illustrated solely by Tony Harris, but I believe as the series goes on, they get more guest artists in. Cool. Great review. Um, Three well, stars. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not reviewing a, a comic book adaptation well, be, well, of the book. Well, before you don't review game. it, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> hey, thanks, sponsors. <laughs> okay. Time to not review it. <laughs> You're here to hear the the lack of something. So, um, no, so this is a comic book uh, published by DC... Um, and it's an adaptation of a 1908 um, horror classic called The House in the Borderlands by a, an author named William Hope Hodgson. Uh, and it's it's kind of considered, I think, one of the first sort of cosmic horror stories. It's like a kind of got that Lovecraft vibe, but, you know, it's sort of like because it's it's more just like a cosmic horror story. It's not a Lovecraft story. Then it, it doesn't necessarily fall into the... I think when people say, like, oh, it's a cosmic horror story, largely these days, like, they just... They mean Cthulhu's in it. Or there's, <laughs> like, a big monster at some point. Whereas... Uh, and, and and I think that, like, Lovecraft's got, a, like, a lot... He, look, Lovecraft, aside, being, aside from being a horrifically racist man, he wrote some good books, but he also wrote some terrible stories. Like his story about a house that hates Polish people. So I um I just did I, I just started a YouTube channel with my kids. Um hey you should follow me. YouTube.com slash Levens. Um and uh one of the things that I'm gonna do is review board games with my son Archie, yeah. who is seven. And uh we were reviewing a game that he loves called Cthulhu in the House. And um I started <laughs> I had to edit myself out um talking about uh how racist Lovecraft was. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like no, the average no, audience no, this kid. I'll get him young, I guess. <laughs> um it is crazy because, like, you read sometimes where people are like, "Look, Lovecraft was a product of his time. He was notably racist for his time." <laughs> there are letters that he received from other racists, being like, "Tone it down, dude. <laughs> You're too racist." So he is not a product of his time. He was a terrible little man, and not all of his comics are great. And it's kind of a shame, I think, sometimes that the cosmic horror genre has been completely relegated to being Lovecraft's alone, which is not the case. Um, so the art for this is done by Richard Corbin, who I think I've spoken about before legend, on this show. Legendary uh, fella. The legend. It's incredible. Richard Corbin's art is so disgusting <laughs> and lumpy and shiny, but I have so much time for it. And I think it's like, it is the the perfect style for a story like this. Uh, and it's written by Simon Revelstroke, who I've not read anything else by him, but apparently I was reading, he completely redid the ending to the uh, to the novel for the comic. Right. And you can tell because the ending is crazy and doesn't seem in line with the rest of the story. Can we talk about uh, Richard basic- Corbin quickly though? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, have you got a favorite, a favorite comic that comes to mind? Rat King. I love okay, Rat yeah. King so much. He, he's done so many excellent... Um, Rat God, sorry, Rat God. So many yeah, excellent uh, horror comics you? for Dark Horse. Um, he did uh, The Punisher, The End, another, which is a Garth Ennis uh, comic, uh, which tied into his Punisher, Max. He did the artwork for that, which was really good. Um, have you got a favorite thing that you've ever seen by Richard Corbin, Dusha? I, I don't think I know who Richard Corbin well, is. Well, guess what? Do you guys what? know what, he, the, the, what, what artwork uh, Richard Corbin is most famous for? Do you know? Do you I know don't. Jackson? 
No, what would it's that be? It's not a comic book. It's an album cover. Richard Colbin did the album cover for Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell. Oh, oh yeah, that's of course my favorite he did. Work. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course he did. Yeah, it's got the all that lumpiness that <laughs> Richard Corbin's so known for. It's and like what Meatloaf it, is famous for. That's true. Do, I really do you, know, do you know what happens has, on that on yeah. that cover, Dusha? Yes, it's yes, the motorbike I know what one. Happens on the cover yeah, yeah. of uh, Bat Out of Hell. I might review that next week. I'll review Meatloaf's <laughs> yeah. Bat Out of Hell, my favorite comic book. I reckon do it. <laughs> the yeah. cosmic horror uh, album <laughs> of Bat Out of Hell. <laughs> um. Richard Corbett has a he's he released a comic I think semi recently that was not good. It was very well. It was okay, but it was very very disgusting. Um, it was how like recently? Because he's read. dead. Uh, or maybe he just did the art for it. I Damn, it Richard Corbin died last year. Fuck. R.I.P. Oh yeah. Sorry. He, yeah. Sorry, so you have to find out been... for me being like he's dead. Well, I mean, I imagine uh, listening to this. I mean, I mean, a bunch of people just yeah. discovered that now. Did you know he was dead, Jacko? Yeah. No, I didn't. I had no idea. I, I. How did he die? Um, I thought I, I knew he was old. Heart surgery oh, yeah. complications at the age of eighty years old. Rest in peace. Damn. R.I.P. Richard Corbin. Well, he made, yeah. Look, he made a comic about about a castle that's alive, and it's it's gross. That's it's a real gross comic. Anyway, uh, so House in the Borderlands is uh, one of those like little nesting stories in that it's about two. Uh, I think they've been updated. Uh, I, I forget what they are in the original story, but they've been updated to two like. Yale boys or uh, 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 Oxford boys who are tramping around in Ireland and they encounter some uh, locals who uh, take no guff with them and decide that they're going to kill them. And so the kids run uh, into the into the kind of marshes around or the woodland and they find this like a big canyon, basically, with the crumbling ruins of an old mansion on it. And they hide there for a bit, and they find a book. And the book is the account by a man named Byron Galt of him and his sister or wife, it's unclear, um, living together in this mansion as things get stranger and stranger for them. Um, the the titular house in the Borderlands. Um, pretty early on, out of the canyon, horrible pig men arrive <laughs> and and invade their home um but what i really love about it and and they, it's he has a dream about a giant pig cloud that wants to eat him but i it, it does a great job of just going insane halfway through yeah. so the, I, I think what they're trying to they try to, to kind of use this like you're not really sure anymore what what the time is like what the era is you're not sure if it's real you're not sure if it's imagined you sort of feel a little bit like you're going insane as you read the comic um and the sequence of events becomes kind of hard to determine as well which i i i'm not sure i've actually never read the original story but i i don't know if it's i think the adaptation to a comic book really does a great job because of the the sort of panel work and the illustration and these large kind of splash pages where He's having a dream about the cloud turning into a big pig, and then he's an old man, and then he's a young man again, and his dog dies, but then, like, you know, a couple of pages later, his dog has a horrible fungus growing on its leg, and it's Hell well yeah. and truly alive, and you're like, I I have lost my mind alongside the protagonist of this book. This... Uh, the whole thing has a real intense sexual menace to it, okay, which I Richard Corbin is to, um, great at doing. Interrupt yeah, and be like, this sounds on. super up my alley. Pretend I was going to say that before it has a bad <laughs> sexual aura. Uh, also, well, I just, no, it's just... quickly yeah, go googled on. Richard Corbin. I mean, as you mm. figured out from me announcing his death live on the podcast. Right, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, it turns out I have actually read something that he illustrated, and that was The Punisher, The End. I don't know why I've read yeah, that, but I, I just have. I just said that. Yeah, you said that before. I was too busy pay, reading about it, attention. not listening. <laughs> Um, no, well, I think Richard Corbin just draws on a lot of places for where his horror comes from, and sometimes that comes from a, a sense of sexual menace. Um, yeah. But it, it definitely is not at the forefront of the comic. It's just an element of it. I think you'd really like it, Dusha, because it, it is very up my alley. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gross and it's bad, but the, it's also really good. <laughs> the losing your mind and like watching something die, and then having a horrible fungus, fungus or whatever, and then even the terrible horrible sexual nature of it this sounds just like the film the lighthouse which i loved mm. so it's yeah and and that like the kind of story accompanied with richard corbin's art and toward the end yeah it's, it's just a perfect marriage i think and toward <laughs> the end you're just like i don't know what's happening anymore is it all in his head but it's also definitely not one of those stories where you're like oh it's all in it in his head in the end he was just going insane something's yep. gone wrong it's uh uh the ending yeah like i said is a little bit left field and I think doesn't really gel with the rest of the story. But um, yeah, if you're looking for like a really solid kind of pretty self-contained, pretty disgusting and upsetting yeah. horror novel, uh, I, I, it's a really, it's a, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's the kind of thing that I, I read probably like once or twice a year. Like I'm, I'm often <laughs> going back to it just cause I, I like it so much. And also, Hey, while we're talking Richard Corbin and I will review it at some point as well, read Rat God. That okay. is that's a fucked up comic it's so gross but it's so good <laughs> um which i guess is kind of like my review for any richard corbin um, <laughs> written uh, or illustrated um uh yeah piece he was um he was criticized for making work that is too pornographic and he says it's not sexual it's sensual thoughts jackson yeah <laughs> that's for some of it that's accurate for others you're like richard corbin he loves his uh he's sort of like plump sort of rosy cheeked buttocks and what have you <laughs> you know there's a lot of that going on for old richard corbin he loves a kind of a put behind and some some sort of like beautiful pendulous breasts he, he's a fan he's horny he's a horny guy uh, <laughs> uh but uh yeah look and, and i get i think yeah look that over sexualization can work for a, a horror comic because i think you know that kind of horror and sex are a little bit intertwined you see that in horror movies as well like it's you know it's all it's all heightened arousal or whatever but yeah, yeah for something like the punisher the end i can imagine that might be a bit much <laughs> yeah know. well but the punisher's uh, juicy butt yeah <laughs> juicy <laughs> apple apple bottom rosy cheeked and put yeah well it's um, extra like extra intense because punisher the end takes place after world war three <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but i bet it's still the in there sexiest no war of all. <laughs> yeah um but yeah Jackson, look i recommend it it's great yeah you've uh, won me over big time i'm trying to track down a copy right now yeah if Mid you can episode. find it yeah mid-episode damn yeah if yeah. you can find it give it a read it's yeah it's really well wow, you, you've really won this episode dusha two comics that that you didn't ha- have never heard of that you're now gonna track That's down and read true. yeah and i'm gonna read neither of yours Perfect. yeah you should 
<laughs> no, I might read Superman and the versus the Authority. That sounds alright. So, but um, yeah, that was uh, Max Machen is not for me. Uh, three three completely different, published by DC Comics. Uh, completely accidental that that all three of them were bunched together. Uh, we got yeah. Superman and Authority at the top. Uh, the what was your want to call it? Ex Machina Volume One, and then House of the Borderlands. House on the Borderlands. House on the Borderlands. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, House on the Borderlands. The House on the Borderlands. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you uh, if you have forgotten their names. Jackson Bailey, Joel Dusha, my beautiful guests on this episode. If you want to catch them, you can uh, catch them if you can on uh, <laughs> on other Sans fans podcasts, including Plumbing the Death Star, Baseless Speculation, and Thumb Cramps. Um, and they can all be found over at sanspansradio.com even. Sanspansradio.com. And while you're there, you yeah. can check out my other podcast, Hey Fam, and all the small games. We are all weekly now. It's a lot of lot of we're just making a lot of content, all of us. Yeah. It's kicking off. It's good. More podcasts. Make Let's sure do it. if you don't listen yeah. to all of it, you won't understand any of it truly. So uh, get out there, <laughs> catch up, and, and keep keep up to date. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, if you want to come and join us uh, to discuss this episode, uh, the best place to do it is in the Sandspans Radio Discord or over on Facebook on in the Serious Issues group, which is can be found at facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Let's all watch Hamilton. (laughs) 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.